not long to go now until the start of the EFL season and just like night follows day, the Not The Top 20 podcast 1 to 24s are followed a few days later by the Not The Top 20 podcast betting show season preview. Welcome to it. On this episode, we'll be looking at some anti-post things in the EFL that we're interested in for each league and a few opening weekend naps as well. Should be a bit of fun. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is once again supported and sponsored by Betfair. Another trip round the podcasting sun with Betfair as our exclusive podcast partners. That means that throughout this season on The Betting Show, we will be using the Betfair Sportsbook and the Betfair Exchange to try and find some winners in the EFL each weekend. I'm Ali Maxwell. He's George Ellick. We go again, George, um, break down last season's betting show for the listeners and uh, and let us know how you're feeling about the season ahead. Given that two minutes ago we got the news that Cameron Brannigan is set to move from Oxford to, to Blackpool. Uh, forgive me, listener, if I'm a little bit downbeat for the first 30 seconds of this podcast. I'm going to bounce back, I promise. <laughs> I feel like I've just had my face ripped off. But uh, for that, I'm really excited, mate. Terrified now of the prospect of uh, Brannigan-less Oxford. Luckily, any pro Oxford bets, uh, I'm, not, I'm not having any this summer, so it shouldn't affect what I'm going to talk about for the next 40 minutes or so with you. On this pod, each week you put up your weekend picks, I put up my weekend picks. We're not that competitive, but just for a bit of pre-season spice, I will point out that uh, I would have won uh, a season-long competition last season. I'm pretty sure the year before you would have won it. So there's plenty to play for, plenty of intrigue to come. Uh, because it's the first show of a long season, I want to put out a message about this show, the Not The Top 20 betting show, and better in general. Firstly, uh, of course, it's very strictly for over 18s only. Uh, For those new to the show, or just a reminder for those who've listened for many years, um, George and I, how do we see this pod? Well, we like to bet on the EFL and we have done for a long time and we have always, even before we started this podcast, talked to each other about the bets that we're having and justified them to each other. That's what this show is, uh, George and I discussing our weekend picks. We also, and this is crucial, understand the risks that come with gambling. They are significant. Crucially, we never bet more than we can afford to lose. We never chase our losses. We never bet for the sake of betting. We are sensible and disciplined with our staking and this show helps with that. We will set ourselves a weekly structure, as always, and that helps us regulate our betting, make sure that we're not going outside of our weekly staking structure. And it also allows us to, to give a good range of picks from team picks, lays on the exchange, goals and goal scorers so that we've got a, a balanced diet of EFL uh, punts each week. We will hope that when you're listening to our picks, um, you apply your own consideration and thought. And we also ask you to be gamble aware. So recognize the risks that come with gambling and make sure that if you think you're having a problem with betting, you speak to someone about it, whether that is someone that you know and trust or the many excellent professional resources, most notably be gamble aware. We're excited about this season's betting show. We're excited to talk to you weekly about punting on the EFL. It's something that we love and we know that many of you enjoy it too, but we will continue to hammer home the message of responsible gambling. Uh, Let's get into some anti-post picks. George, of course, it's always a bit of a weird one. We've done our 1 to 24s. You've all heard them. You know what our combined 1 to 24s look like. But of course, we have our own hearts and minds and we have our own individual thoughts as well. So there will be personal preferences and stances. Uh, and that well, this show kind of helps to, to shake those out of us, I guess. Uh, we'll start in the championship. Mm. Outright markets, George, uh, fair to say you are bullish to the extreme on our championship title winners. Yeah, in the in the outright market uh, on the Betfair Sportsbook, there's, there's kind of two. Um, I, I've backed Burnley. Um, I backed Burnley about six weeks ago at uh, 14 to 1. I backed them again at 12 to 1. Um, the money's kind of steadily come over the course of the summer, as I think people um, have realized. I mean, uh, one thing to make clear, like we, we've seen the uh, reaction from our 1 to 24s. I'm fully aware that the Burnley selection is probably the one that has been disagreed with the most. Um, it was definitely my doing. I think if Ali, if this was the Ali Maxwell show, which often it is, um, and it was Ali <laughs> doing his one to twenty fours, I don't like that. Then I don't like that then from Burnley, you. Then Burnley wouldn't have been top, even though I think they'd have been top three or top four. Um, so, so I'm aware of that, but I, I do think price wise now Burnley are at nine to one, and so I didn't want to just put them up for the sake of it because we had them uh, top of our one to twenty fours. So I had a long think this morning saying, do I do I still put them up at nine to one now that they are a shorter price than than what I backed them at? And looking at the market, I think they're still a bet at nine to one. When you look at where they are positioned in the market, you know, you've got six teams at the top end of the outright winner market on Betfair Sportsbook. Norwich are nine to two and Watford are six to one. 
with Burnley nine to one, uh, the same price as Sheffield United and West Brom, with Middlesbrough wedged in the in the middle at fifteen to two. As I've said before, I think Burnley should be at the top end of the market here, um, and they're not still. There is a, a big price discrepancy between Norwich at nine to two and Burnley at nine to one that I totally disagree with. So for that reason, I still think there's juice in the price since we recorded the one to twenty fours. Dwight McNeil's departure to Everton seems imminent, which, as I said on the 24s, the reason we had them in first wasn't because McNeil and, and Cornet um, were still at the club. It was based on the assumption that they were both leave. You know, having seen what we've seen so far this season, sorry, this summer, um, I've, I've got pretty, yeah, I've got faith that we're going to see that money put to good use, especially if Cornet leaves as well. Uh, there, there are question marks, of course, about company. There are question marks about needing this team to gel. I always think that's a bit of a I just don't necessarily agree with that I think we've seen loads of good championship sides that are basically new new teams put together very quickly and 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 hit the ground running you know you only have to think back in league two last season to Swindon who at this point were basically building their team and, and they started incredibly fast I think if you have good players good technical players playing the right way you can dominate games and, and the good thing about this Burnley side is they did lots of business early in the early in the, the summer company came in for the beginning of pre-season they've had a lot of time to work on it and in, in Josh Cullen they've got a, a midfielder who's going to be at the centre of things who knows exactly what company wants having played for him last season so I'm still keen on Burnley at 9-1 to I think they are worth siding with and I think people often forget I mean I, I know you get the odd Swansea and Cardiff where they come down and, and struggle immediately but I just do not think Burnley fit into that category whatsoever and you look back at previous relegated clubs where you have Bournemouth who were very poor under um, under Jason Tindall for the majority of the season then Jonathan Woodgate but still in amongst it for, for the for most of the campaign. And then that Watford team from two years ago where Vladimir Ivic was sacked, Cisco Munoz wasn't really up to much. They still managed to get automatic promotion. It's not that difficult for these teams to do that. Um, and then the one I'm just going to throw a very small chance bet at is Hull at 40 to 1. I, I'm basically just trying to work out a way to get with Hull that isn't particularly damaging if it goes wrong. Because as I said, um, and as podcasting legend Barry Glendening uh, tweeted, you know, Hull could finish anywhere between uh, between 1st and 24th. So therefore, backing them at a short price to finish top half doesn't really interest me. To back them at a, at a short price to finish top 6th doesn't really interest me. I think you, you want to basically find, a market, find a, a market where you make money if things really do click. But similarly, because there is the risk of things going wrong, you know, they could easily finish. If, if Shotra Valadze isn't good enough and the players come in and they're, they're not really... Uh, adapting to the level or to the league, then then things could could spiral. So like a very small each way dart at forties, I think seems to be the way to play. And as I, you know, I said this when we were being interviewed by the EFL yesterday. I'm pretty sure Hull's budget is probably a top ten, possibly even a top six budget, given that the money they've spent this summer. So I don't think any team with a top six budget should ever be forty to one to to win the league personally. So um, so that would be a a chancer, but Burnley definitely my main fancy. So for Championship, a bit annoying this, um, Burrow were 9-1 to one each way when I did the Betfair Only Better pod, uh, that was back end of last week, they're now 15-2, to two, which is probably short enough that I wouldn't be unloading at that, at that price. Um, and just in general at the top of the Championship, personally, I, I'm just a bit rattled by the, th- the three relegated Premier League teams um, and, and kind of have been all summer have been thinking so much about them and about what I think about them and I'm not personally feeling too sure or certain on any of the three uh, and regular listeners of the show know that this is kind of year of the stance for me that um, I, I'm, I'm kind of going big on you know that special blend of, of intense research plus instinct as well um, and and half of me thinks as you've suggested, we know what happens here now with three with three teams coming down from the Premier League. They could basically be miserable and still all finish in the top six. Sometimes you get a team that looks like they're underperforming and they finish second and they go up automatically. So um, I can see the strength of, of Watford's squad on paper, and particularly if Saar is going to stay. Um, um, even if Dennis leaves, even if both of them leave, I can see the strength of Watford's squad on paper. I can see a clear route for Norwich's success. I can see all your points about Burnley, the positive ones. 
But half of me also sees reasons not to back all three of those teams because there's always uncertainty and there's always bad feeling that swirls around a team suffering relegation. I think on balance, normally that goes away pretty quickly and I think we've seen that over the last few years. But half of me sees reasons to back them and half of me sees reasons not to back them. So I'm just trying to leave them alone. And all summer I've landed at Borough as being the, the, the best things outside of them. I'm blinded by Chris. I'm wild for Wilder. Um, I don't know that I think 15-2, to 2, which is 8.5 in decimal, is incredible value to win the title, given that uncertainty about the relegation, um, that those relegated Premier League teams. I also still think Borough's price might come in a bit if and when they sign the strikers that we expect them to sign, whether it's Marcus Force, which might happen today or tomorrow, whether it's Adam Armstrong who's been heavily linked, whether it's Cameron Archer, whoever it is, if they get 12 million for Tavernier off the back of the money for Spence, we know they're going to be pretty ambitious with their recruitment of strikers and I'm sure the market will respond to that. So I still think they could come in a little bit. Um, the most important thing for me is that Borough's top six price hasn't moved at all. I still think that's where the value is, the best value, albeit only at 11 to 10. It's not the, the most exciting long-term bet, is it? Um, but if their third favourite for the title but longer for a top six finish than Blades and West Brom I don't really understand that as well as a three relegated team so I'm not backing the single at 11 to 10 personally for me that's not uh, how I how I will do a long term bet but I've got a top six top seven treble later that, that might appeal more and that'll be going into that so you can listen out for that uh, I'll just keep going at the top of League One at the prices with Sheffield Wednesday and Ipswich who are our top two in our 1 to 24s but very very short for the title just for my personal preference it's Peterborough that I want to be on uh, as I said on the 1 to 24s I'm seeing I'm predicting 80 plus goals for Posh that's my genuine um, belief is that that's how many goals you um score. you Graham Wesley no what's that reference <laughs> he, he took over um, at Peterborough and announced that they were going to score I think it was like two and a half goals a game every game <laughs> right well in that case yes uh, I don't think Grant McCann will be drawn on that sort of stuff but he is uh, he is a huge um, tick in the box for me McCann you know won, the, won this league two years ago with a, a Hull side that certainly didn't have the firepower and might have been a bit sturdier uh, I'm not a massive fan of, of Peterborough's defenders individually um, as a unit certainly under Darren Ferguson he couldn't quite get them to work and the jury remains out on them at the back but I, I do think with the firepower that they have and particularly with the talent advantage they'll have over 12 teams very specifically in this league I think they're going to blow away bottom half teams um, and so the 17 to 2 each way which obviously gives you some insurance for, for second place and third place if Wednesday and Ipswich are strong if we uh, expect them to be um, you can get a bit of 9 to 1 on the exchange this morning um, I, I just think if you're someone that wants slightly longer prices than the than the short fav prices, uh, I do think Posh will give you a good run for it. So um, that'll be my pick. But uh, same as Middlesbrough, for me, Peter Burrows' most attractive price is the odds against at 2.1 that they'll make the top six. That's the price I like the most. That'll join Borough, uh, Middlesbrough, that is, in the top six, seven treble, which I'll um, expand on later on. So Middlesbrough and Peterborough discussed there. Um, George, in, in League One, what stands <coughs> out to you? I've basically put Sheffield Wednesday in each way doubles and trebles with Burnley and um, the team going back in League Two. I, I'm not going to get involved at, at four to one um, to win the league as a single. I, I just, I, I definitely think they're the, the likely winners. Um, I definitely think they're a better bet to win the league than Ipswich and Derby at five to one and six to one. Um, and and if you you know if you put stuff in multis, it should be because you think it's a bet as well. I'm just um, not really that interested in tying up my money in a, in a single at fours for, for the season, um, even though I, I think it's 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 fair value, if that makes sense. Um, and, and I'd be surprised to see them out of the three, which makes them a, like an attractive proposition for for the each-way doubles. Um, it, elsewhere, I think it's it's difficult in League One to, to find any value. I think the teams that I would kind of be interested in backing at a big price aren't really a big price. I think Bolton and Pompey um, are, are too short, in my view. You're, you're at 13 to 1. You're asking them to, to make up a hell of a lot of ground uh, to be kind of fifth and sixth favourites. Um, Oxford, uh, you know, at the moment, there are way too many unknowns, only exacer exacerbated by um, the the best player leaving, uh, seemingly today. Uh, lovely. Um, and then um, I mean, the, the one that I would happily back, although, I mean, I should say I haven't backed to this stage, uh, but there's still... Uh, 24 hours to go um, is, is is MK Dons at 11 to one. Uh, as I said on the on the one to 24s, um, I think it's a rock solid bet. I, I think any narrative around them getting worse because of Twine and and Darling leaving is, is massively overblown. Um, I think their recruitment is just so good, and 
you know, I, I remember tipping them up last year. I think it was at 20 to one. And then I, I nearly cashed out of my bets after Russell Martin left. And then you, you see what happens. Sometimes you have a club that is very reliant on one man or one player. Um, but MK Dons are just not that. They are probably the best run club in the country uh, in terms of the way that they recruit their their, their playing staff and their non-playing staff. And, and you know, as I said, um, I, think, I mean, I've spoken about these teams so much the last week, I kind of forget where I said it. But they, um, in, in January, there will be another Scott Twine. There will be another Harry Darling. They have a, a big squad full of young talent. Um, they are a club that, that clubs love to send their loan players to as well. Um, and I'm I'm really excited by them again. And I, and I think similar to Burnley, I guess, I think the narrative around like, oh, last season they were so good, they can't do it again because they've lost key, key personnel, I think is just entirely wrong. I think they are. Um, you know, they were the third best team last season. I would go as far as saying that they were good enough to probably get automatic promotion in most seasons. Uh, and I see no reason why that would change. My, my biggest concern would be that Liam Manning is in, an incredibly attractive prospect for um, for championship sides. But given what I'm saying about trusting the process, you have to think to yourself, well, if Liam Manning does go in November, December to a, a championship side, then then MK Dons are probably the best country, the best club to recruit in the country. And, and I'm sure they'll get someone else very good to come in and fill, and fill his uh, fill his boots. And then in League Two, um, if, I mean, it's tricky again. I kind of think in League Two, because it's so open at the top end, I would like to wait and see after a couple of games what, what we're going to learn. You know, for example, last season, Forest Green weren't really on my radar. And then two and a half weeks into the season, I was backing them, I was getting on as much as I could at, at 14 to 1, 12 to 1, 10 to 1, when you could quite clearly see that, that the market hadn't really caught up with, with their early season performances. Brad, Bradford are the one that I would, I'm, I'm most interested in, but at 7 to 1, there's not much juice there. As I said, I've had each way doubles with them and, and Sheffield Wednesday. Um, uh, I think they've built a very good squad and, and under Mark Hughes, uh, I think Mark Hughes is is definitely a huge positive at this stage um, in terms of, of what he can offer from a coaching point of view. I think we've already seen from their recruitment that he is a big draw as well. I think Mansfield are a rock solid bet at nine to one as well uh, under Nigel Clough. Um, there seems to be little reason in my view why they should, shouldn't continue their good form from the second half of last season. Um, and you just got to try and forget that that um, that performance at Wembley in, in the playoff final where they were incredibly poor. So shall we book in an anti-post update yeah. show? Maybe first of September. First of September. Let's do that. Let's do that. Lovely. The anti-post update show. That'll be a bit of fun. Um, and then the other one I was going to mention, but I mean the price has just gone. I mean I, I, I backed Crawley at fifty to one about a month ago, and then now twenty to one. But I do think. Getting with Crawley in certain ways is a good way to go, but I've got another way of doing that later on. So I, I mean, I wouldn't be backing them at twenties now. Yeah, League Two winner is tough, isn't it? Because it, clearly anyone who's listened to the one to twenty fours knows that I like Cobblers, and you can hear the reasons for that on the one to twenty fours. They've come in a fair bit this week. Um, I, I also see a few other teams being potentially very strong, so it's a difficult one in terms of just um, the, the 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 title market. I probably prefer to be on Cobblers promotion. Um, that's into 3.4. Um, I now think the best value team here is is Mansfield at 9-1. to one. You mentioned them there. I certainly think, and you can tell that I'm playing it a bit safer um, this preseason, the, the top seven finish at odds against at 2.1 uh, is what stands out most to me. Um, but Mansfield, well, they made the top seven last season. Uh, and that was a season that included a run of five points in 12 games. It, it's a pretty simplistic view, but I stand by it. That run's not going to happen again. And I don't see this league being massively stronger than it was last season. So I don't see why Mansfield would be uh, particularly any weaker than they were last season um, with Clough in charge, with um, some additions having been made. Here and Boateng, I'm a big fan of in particular. Um, I'm not massively excited about their defensive personnel and yet I still think that the manager the structure is more important for a team's defensive output maybe than the the, the personnel themselves so um, yeah I'm pretty hot on Mansfield uh, that top seven finish at 2.1 uh, is my most uh, is my kind of strongest stance here so yeah, I guess I'll give an apology for not being really strong and bullish and putting up a ton of, of strong picks in terms of the outright winner market. What I will do is mention this treble that I really like, the top six, top seven treble. 
It's at 9.26, so just better than 8 to 1. And it's Middlesbrough top 6 at 2.1, Peterborough top 6 at 2.1, and Mansfield top 7. They're all, bizarrely, uh, 11 to 10, 2.1 individually. That spits out a treble price of 9.26 with the Betfair Sportsbook. So that's probably my favourite pick of, of the whole anti-post part of this show. The Middlesbrough, Peterborough, Mansfield uh, treble <laughs> at 9.26. Uh, remember that with Betfair's Bet Builder, you can combine selections easily into one bet within individual matches. Um, with Betfair's popular Bet Builder, you can easily add the trending Football League Bet Builder selections to your bet slip in just one tap. That's the popular Bet Builder feature with Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, George, should we touch on some relegation bets across the three leagues? Um, anything obvious here for you? Why not roll up some Reading fans again, eh? <laughs> uh, yeah, Reading at 15 to 8 are the first ones. Um, you know, it's been uh, Reading fans seemingly uh can't really believe that we had them bottom of our, our one to 24s um but I, I still maintain um that you know they last season if you get rid of uh their points deduction and you get there seems to be a kind of idea that their points deduction was the reason why they were down the bottom of the table last season when that is not the case if you get rid of their points deduction you get rid of derby's points deduction they'd have finished just above birmingham um and would have been the very very close to relegation anyway so i think they'd have been in would they? I think they had. I think it was the same points as Blues. It would have been and a worse goal difference. Well, there you have it. There <laughs> you have it. Yeah, they'd have they'd have gone down. I was being biased. Get your Reading so, bias out of your mouth, mate. Come I on. I know that's bad. <laughs> uh, so they would have gone down. So, so they would have gone down last season, um, and they've lost three players in uh, Andy Renamota and Josh Laurent, who are decent Championship players, and then John Swift, who is um, a very very good Championship player, and I know. I know that Reading fans feel like he didn't add very much in the second half of last season. Um, but I, you know, when you're in the top, I think he was third or second in terms of chances created last season. Um, th- that just equates to points, I'm afraid. Like when you lose John Swift, you lose points. Um, and I, you didn't get very many points last season. So um, in terms of the, the attacking players, uh, Lucas Schwau's injury doesn't necessarily, well, it's very quiet from the club. It seems like he's going to at least miss the beginning of the season. And that is his issue. He struggles for form and fitness consistently. Um, Yakumete is exactly the same. Tom Ince has come in, who Reading fans seem very happy about. Um, but I, I just I just think it is pretty much the worst squad in the division. Um, and in Joe Lumbly, a, a keeper who will make mistakes over the course of the campaign. So you know, 15 to 8, they're priced up as being the third the third most likely team to get relegated this season. I think they are the most likely team to get relegated this season. So they are my championship pick. Um, Lincoln at seven to two to get relegated from League One. Uh, again, I, I don't have a particularly bullish view on League One relegation. And there's, you, I think you can kind of throw a blanket over eight or nine teams down there. But the fact that Lincoln are priced up as the biggest price outside of the twelve. So Lincoln are the, the biggest price after Charlton for relegation uh, is just totally and utterly wrong for me. So that would be my, my strongest um, value bet in these relegation ones would be Lincoln at seven to two. Um, again, Michael Appleton has left. Mark Kennedy's come in. We don't know a great deal about him. Um, McGrandles has gone as well. Um, in terms of recruitment, I'm not particularly, I, I think Paulie O'Connor is probably the pick of the bunch, but I'm, I'm not particularly enamored by any of it. Um, I'm and, trying to tell you, mate, Danny Mandroyu was the League of uh, Ireland's messy. So great. Okay, we'll see. I, I guess um, for this, it was. I mean, it's just comparing the markets to our one to twenty fours. It was an obvious standout. Massively. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think of that t- chunk of twelve, the the bottom half of League One, as we're expecting it to be. I think the sportsbook have Lincoln rated the highest of them, and, and clearly we did exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what that's what I just said. And you, in 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 your head, you should, you know, there should be a price at which you should back. You would back any team in, in League One to get relegated, right? So it's not about. With, you know, with betting anti-post, it's not about thinking who who do I think is going to get relegated and then betting them because at any price. Like, for example, I think, you know, I think uh, Sheffield Wednesday are going to win the league. But if I was offered 50,000 to one on Sheffield Wednesday to get relegated, I'd have the absolute lot on. You know, that's the way, that's the way it works. It's probability chance. Uh, and then in League Two, Rochdale at four to one. Um, but again, bottom of our one to twenty fours. Betting on uh, League Two relegation is always a bit of a frustrating one. It's only two relegation spots, and, and quite often you will have a good bet and a team who are absolutely abject, and they'll manage to finish twenty um, first or twenty second. But I think with Rochdale, for, for reasons previously mentioned, there are reasons for concern, and 
I think Barrow at 130 are just totally false favourites. Um, so I'd, I'd probably back a couple more, uh, including the team that I think you're going to back in, in League Two as well. And I'm having a, a treble or a Trixie on those three as well for a nice relegation Trixie. Okay, relegation for me, shock horror. Blackpool's manager is not the apple of my eye. He's the apple of your mm. eye. They've just signed the best player in the world. So They've just signed Cameron Brannigan, who adds a little something to the centre of their midfield. They're also 4.2 for relegation in the championship, and it's just enough for me to be involved at my general stance uh, for any team who loses a manager that I consider to have been completely transformative on such a in such a short period of time with a group of players who are who have clearly performed very well as a unit but who as individuals I don't think stand out at the level uh, any club who loses that manager concerns me you know that I'm concerned about Cheltenham in League One because of the departure of Mike Duff and equally with Blackpool in the Championship because of the departure of Neil Critchley uh, there's no shock to hear that I love the work that Neil Critchley did at Blackpool did so pretty early on in their League One promotion campaign uh, and watched as last season they did something very difficult in a way that looked very easy and that was be a, a properly competitive championship side that easily avoid re- avoided relegation after promotion from League One without spending a ton of money or massively upgrading their squad and I think that's down to coaching, um, tactics, management, motivation um, and we saw it with Critchley. Now Michael Appleton is someone who we have a lot of respect for. Um, I, If I'm honest, I'm not sure this is a great fit for Appleton in terms of the squad that he inherits, the sort of football that I think he will like to play with Blackpool. I don't think their squad, uh, which has, which realistically is going to be at a talent disadvantage in the majority of their games, I don't think playing an open attacking style is necessarily going to be the way to do this. And I don't personally think he is as good uh, setting up defences and coaching teams out of possession as Neil Critchley is. So just just on a managerial level, I don't think the fit is great for Appleton. On top of that, he, he basically is starting with next to no credit in the bank, which is difficult for any manager. The Blackpool fans were underwhelmed with his appointment, unhappy with his appointment, thought that it lacked ambition. Um, whether they're right or not doesn't really matter. Um, there are no fond memories of his first spell there. Again, whether that's his fault or not is up for debate and doesn't really matter. Uh, and, and then a lot of online murmurings about whether he may or may not have a Preston North End tattoo. It, it doesn't matter if this stuff is true or not. It impacts the level of support that he has from the stands and that's going to be a big factor for any new manager. So I just think there's a chance that Blackpool regress um, after Critchley's departure. So I do think there's not a long way for them to drop off to be a relegation candidate, um, which is what they were expected to be last season, let's be clear. And and probably if you weighed up all the squads, um, theirs would be down there in the bottom four, five, six. So uh, 4.2 to be relegated seems um, a decent thing for me. I like Forest Green to go down at, at 3.1. For FGR to be chunkier than, than Exeter, for example, just doesn't really make sense to my brain. There's such, there's such strong recent evidence of teams doing what Exeter are doing and thriving uh, in terms of Cambridge United last season, Crew Alexandra the season before, Cheltenham Town last season as well. Forest Green, we don't know what happens with this approach. There's enough, more than enough uncertainty around how they'll go for me to want to back them at, uh, at, at 21 to 10 with the four relegation places. You could argue there's a higher ceiling on them because if the new manager Birchnell is a really good thing. And if those new signings to replace Kane Wilson, Nicky Cadden, Ebu Adams are good things, then sure, we don't know. There's a chance Forest Green could be way better than they were last season, in which case they will be comfortable. But it's too many ifs for me. It's too much change for me. Um, I'm happy to, to back Forest Green for relegation at 3.1. And then in League 2, um, just Colchester United, uh, they were in our bottom two in the 1-24s. to They're 5-1 to one for relegation. I think, in general, our instincts have been pretty good when it comes to League Two clubs who are on that slippery slide to non-league football. Um, Scunthorpe United spring to mind. Oldham Athletics spring to mind. It's always a mixture of off-field apathy or decline or decay and a a lack of pulse on the field. And and that instinct, that radar, if you will, has been bleeping here for a while with Colchester United. So, yes, there's a chance maybe Wayne Brown is the one to to finally rouse them. Uh, He did get a little new manager bounce at the end of last season. They did finish relatively well, but I just 
wouldn't be surprised if the Colu that we see on the pitch for the first few months of the season is the same that we've seen on the pitch for the majority of the last two years. And I don't know if there's a huge amount of margin for error here, um, given how poor they were for the most of last season. So Colu at 5-1 to one relegation uh, is my third and final relegation pick. And George, you were quite keen to introduce a, uh, a new feature to the pre-season anti-post betting show uh, called Everybody Stance Now. It's the year of the stance, isn't it? Why didn't you sing it? Mate, I don't sing on this podcast. What the hell? Sorry. I'm a 30-year-old yeah. man. I, do, I, will, I will not be singing on this podcast. Okay. Sorry. Probably will, won't I? Um, I'll hold you to that. What is the Everybody Stance Now feature? How do you want to approach it? Well, it's just, you know, take a stance. Take a um, a, a club that maybe you don't think are going to win the league, uh, but you think are just overpriced to, to, do, uh, to do well. I guess is, is the way I'm thinking about it, and I've and I've tried to spin that into a treble across the three leagues. Um, you've mentioned one of my selections. That's in League One. This isn't particularly stancy, but I do think that Peterborough top six at eleven to ten. I would go as far as saying that's probably the best bet on the card. Just as well um, as in my top six slash seven treble. Yeah, I mean from it's, it's it's absolute multi fodder. You're just basically doubling the price of, of whatever else you're backing. Um, I think it should be heavy odds on. Um, what's a, what's a food that just goes into uh, to all dishes just to bulk it up? Corn flour, rice. It's rice. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, just, yeah. Just put it in with almost anything. You're going to be fine. Posh rice. <laughs> I, the, <laughs> okay. the, the 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 heathen within me wants to say grated cheese. <laughs> just grate cheese on on eighty percent of dishes, and you're not going to be upset about it, are you? No. Okay, well, I don't know what, what tangent we've gone on here. Um, posh rice, cheese, grated cheese, whatever it is. Um, Peterborough eleven to ten is, is is the first leg. I think Millwall at seven to two um, to finish in the top six is also um, value. I we were pretty positive them on them and our one to twenty fours. I think the fact that you got Stoke, Coventry, uh, both shorter than them is wrong. Uh, I think there should be a similar price to Luton, who are thirteen to five. Um, they're the same price as Blackburn and Sunderland. I think they've recruited well this summer. I think there is a, a lovely continuity there um, with Gary Rowett in charge too. And I, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be in the mix as they were last season. I think you'll get a big run for your money at 7-2 to uh, with Millwall. And in League 2, it's the team I mentioned earlier, um, who are now 20-1 to for the league. But you can still back them at 9-4 to to finish in the top seven. And that's Crawley. Uh, a brilliant article on The Athletic yesterday from Jack Pitt-Pitbrook uh, talking about Kevin Betsy and... It's pretty obvious to see that in terms of, of what is going on at that football club, um, they've taken it up a gear. It couldn't be more different to the, the John Yems era. Um, they're investing a great deal into pretty cutting edge um, ways of, of looking to train uh, with, with drones filming all their, all their training sessions and being played to the players over lunch with um, urine samples taken before every single training. They're basically leaving no stone, unt stone unturned. They're treating the football club like a top-end football club, investing in in every single um, way of, of getting marginal gains. And the squad is very good as well. So I still think the 9-4, to four, even though the, the, the juicy prices have gone about the winning the league and the rest of it, I think 9-4 to four about the top seven uh, for a squad that is good and a manager that I'm very, very excited to see. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of Forrest Green last season and, and Rob Edwards, um, even, of, of course, not from quite a, a, a such a good start. But it's easy to forget that because they're unfashionable, Crawley had a, a very, very cosy mid-table finish last season under Yems with a poorer squad. So the 9-4 to four about a top seven is good. So, yeah, the treble is uh, Millwall 7-2, posh. So Millwall top six, 7-2, Posh top six, uh, 11 to 10. Crawley top seven, nine to four. Uh, juicy price as well. What does that come out with? 29.7 to one. Very good. Uh, it's interesting to me, you say there's been big changes, but uh, John Yems's selection policy was to look at a player and go, you're in. And Kevin Betsy, well, there's urine involved in his as well. It's just a different, <laughs> a different kind. That's rubbish. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I'm pretty gutted, matey, because I'm, big on the Steve Evans Stevenage stance as you know and full transparency I have backed them to win the league at 50 to 1 each way to be promoted at 8 to 1 and top 7 finish at 4 to 1 and in an each way double with Middlesbrough uh, 9 to 1 and 50 to 1 combined and literally as we hit record Stevenage went from 50 to 1 to 33 to 1 with the Betfair Sportsbook. So, oh no. My line about them being the longest price to win the league in the whole division 
doesn't stand true. Um, I was going to bring up Stevenage as my everybody stance now pick um, at 33 to one. You might also still be keen um, to be involved because it's still pretty juicy. And as you've said repeatedly over the last few days on the 124s and on here in League Two, there is much higher variability in terms of teams uh, and where they will finish compared to where people will think on the bookies think they'll finish pre-season there is much more chance of a team that's priced up as a, a big outsider going really well building momentum and challenging maybe right at the very top of the division maybe for the playoffs whatever it might be we have found it um, much easier to have a strong grasp on the championship top six on league one's top six top 12 than we have on league two that's been pretty consistent over the years and so this is the league where you know I probably wouldn't bother backing the team priced up to be the worst team in the championship because it just seems so unrealistic. Same for League One. For League Two, I'm much more happy to do so. Um, I have such a clear vision of how Steve Evans is going to do this with the squad that he's put together. Um, it's going to be very direct. He's going to spoil games and I think they will win a lot of them. Uh, I think the amount of inexperienced young managers uh, in League Two uh, means that old school managers who play a direct style of play who who do have that kind of old school approach are now in the minority and frankly I think that might come with some strength now rather than being the kind of the standard style this is now going to be among the extreme styles and I think there's um, a benefit to that uh, and I, I as I said on the on the one to 24s I just really think uh, I just have a very clear vision of, of Stevenage picking up a lot of points with with a very sturdy defense with a lot of set piece goals uh, and with a group of attacking players I think can suit a kind of direct style of play so um, there's lots of different ways of, of getting with a team at a long price I'll, I'll leave that up to the listeners to decide if they're up for it um, as I said I, I, I'm on Stevenage it's one of my big pre-season stances I'll be interested to see how they go could very much end in tears uh, as it has done previously for Steve Evans teams um, why don't we do some goal scorers George uh, it's the championship in our sights on the goal scorer markets yeah, I've got three. I mean, I'm basically not particularly in interested um, in the top end of the market here. I, the way that I think about um, about about kind of backing top goal scorer markets, I'd much rather try and take a flyer on someone that's been mispriced, possibly overlooked, rather than trying to get involved. Um, you know, I think for those who are backing Pookie at fifteen to two, fair enough. You'll probably get a decent run for your money. Uh, it's not for me at all. Um, Peru at ten to one. I think that him and Obafemi are maybe the wrong way around. Um, he's Peru is likely to start the season playing as a 10, not even as a striker. So it's not really for me. Um, and there have been murmurs about either Peru or Obafemi leaving all summer. So I think you're taking a massive risk by investing at that price. Britton Diaz, 11 to 1, um, hasn't scored goals for six months now. And, and you've got to look at that purple patch as being exactly that in my mind. Dwight Gale at 14s, I think, is is the lazy one, um, where it's just because he, you know, he's got a good record at this level before. I mean, again, it's a player who hasn't scored goals for a long time, so I think it's a really interesting market. And then again, I know Daryl DK and Carlin Grant are, are both very popular with some, um, but at 17 to one, the pair, given they're both going to be playing, uh, it's I, I think you're it's too much guessing. You don't know who's going to be the foil, who's going to be the goal scorer. Um, they'll be vying for each other's goals. It's not like there is a, a clear one out of the two who's likely to score more than the other. Um, and I, I think they're both too short for that reason as well, um, especially with Grant not really necessarily being an out-and-out -out striker. So, um, you know, DK would, would, would definitely appeal more, but I'm, I'm not willing to get involved at 17-1, to 1, uh, especially, again, only a very small sample size of goals to, to get excited about. So I'm looking at bigger prices. I, I think um, Andy Ryman at 33s is a bit too big uh, because you know he is someone who scored 22 goals last season. He's playing for the same manager in the same system um, with uh, probably some better delivery now that Kane Wilson's going to be playing right wing back. Um, I don't really see any reason why, even though last season was, was a bit of a flash in the pan, part of the reason why that was the case is because he's, he's often played off the left for for, um, for Bristol City before that. And, you know, he is now quite clearly the the striker, the goal scorer, and with Semenyo playing um, in behind them as well. It, it feels like last season worked for him. And I, I don't really see why someone who got 22 goals last season um, should be double the price of some of the players I just mentioned. Uh, 50 to 1, I think Carlton Morris is interesting at 50s. Uh, but again, I'd, I'd be keeping stakes small on him um, because you know he's come in for a decent amount of money. 
I don't think Elijah Adebayo is ever going to be necessarily the most prolific, but I think Morris in the right system playing alongside the right striker definitely could be. We've seen that in flashes, flashes in his career as well. I think with, with Morris, it's probably going to go one of two ways. Either he, he struggles to, to, to be that regular starting striker, in which case it's money done. But I think if, if he gets, you know, 40 odd starts over the course of the season and makes that role his own, I, I think he'll definitely give you a run at fifties um, because of the player that he is. And then an interesting one that, is you know doing a little a little bit of men- mental gymnastics over this one is Ishmaelia Saar at fifty to one. Now, of course, with Saar, you are running the risk that he might leave before the end of the window. You're also running the risk that he might leave in January. And and uh, but I think at fifties, I'm happy to do that. We know that Rob Edwards likes to play with a you know a three five two. I mean, however you want to see it, it's either going to be it's definitely going to be wing backs. It's definitely going to be three at the back, and then it's either going to be a sitting two with a ten and two strikers, or it's going to be a flat three with two strikers as well. That there is nowhere for Saar to play here unless he plays up front. He, he's definitely not going to play as a wing back. I'm, I'm pretty confident of that. Or, or if he does, it'll be a short term thing rather than a long term thing. He, that's not his his game at all. I don't think he had the um, the the you know the defensive now to, to play there. Um, so I think he's probably going to end up playing up front because it would be absolute madness to keep Ishmael Assar, not sell him and then have him on the bench because you can't find anywhere to play <laughs> him. So he scored 13 goals playing as a winger uh, in a 4-3-3 last time he was in this league. If if you're asking me, I think he had a pretty disappointing season. Um, even though they went up, he didn't really get out of out of second gear. Um, but I think he's someone who, um, in, in a Rob Edwards side, will see a very different him. But if he is going to be playing with, may say it's um, Joao Pedro, um, the new striker they brought in, I can't remember his name. Um, the, Bio. Uh, yeah, Bio as well. It could be Bio, Joao Pedro and him up front. He should get plenty of opportunities to score way more goals than than, than 13. And, and if he does, then then he should give you a run at, at 50 to 1. Um, so they're my three against the field. I think Saar's probably the most interesting one, but also carries the most risk. Um, and then the, the other two, I mean, Vyman's, I think, a pretty rock solid bet at 33 to 1 because you know he's going to play you know he's not going to go anywhere age 30 and he you know he comes into the season as as a team who uh, who scored a lot of goals last season um, in the, in the same team with the same players around him and he's the, he's the main goal threat is he saw interesting i'm excited about that one wow thank you mm, maybe the wrong word i'm intrigued by that one i'm just sad you haven't picked anyone this year that you've never seen play before like last last season with dan lundulu might be an option for league 1 that's all i'm saying yeah maybe maybe i I think Pookie's still, and I'm annoyed about it, I still think, well, put it this way, I, I probably still wouldn't put anyone off backing him at 15-2 to two each way, partly because you've just walked through the top of the market outside of Pookie, and I'm not keen on any of those. And then, yeah. and then, as you say, there's a lot of there's a lot of obviously much chunkier prices, but they're all they're all flyers. Like I really think, and I might be. I might this might be some real kind of recency bias with Mitro last season being so short and my vibe being I'll never back anyone at that price because it's just you know there's too many potential issues with injuries and stuff uh, and then seeing him do what we thought he might do with with Fulham you know clearly going to be so good for the level Pookie feels like slightly less of a sure thing and yet you know, part of this is because I, I wanted to take a kind of vibes pick, which is what I normally do for top goal scorers, and it hasn't served me that well in the past. And I, I tried to apply a bit of stats, uh, a little stats filter on this as well. So I went back through the last 11, I think, 11 years of top goal scorers across the three leagues and just looking for trends that seem significant. Um, this is research that I'm not going to go through like all of the working, but basically I just wanted a, a basic model that could spit out some options rather than just scrolling down the list and, and using my my other vibes approach. So none of this is groundbreaking, but it did help me focus the mind. Um, basically, I'm looking for players who are playing for a team that will finish in the top six because nine of the last 11 Golden Boot winners in the championship have played for a top six team. Um, there's a fairly delineated top six, um, at least in the bookies' eyes this season, which we agreed with in the 1-24, to so that helped to narrow it down a bit. Uh, a team that will score over 70 goals uh, in 46 games, eight of the last 11 uh, golden boot winners have played for a team that scored over 70 uh, on penalties eight of the last 11 golden boot winners in the in the champ were on pens that season uh, and eight of the 11 played for the same team that they played for the season before rather than a new signing I think we do have a bit of a, a new signing uh, fetishization don't we in 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 the football mm. world uh, and in reality uh, it can take players a while to get going uh, at which point others can be out of sight and then an obvious one but I do sometimes fall for this trap 
a proper number nine rather than a kind of goal-scoring second striker or even a wide forward. Of the last 11 years, Matted Vidra is the only one that you could look at in the Championship and say he's not an out-and-out or a classic number nine for the level. Otherwise, there's no one wide forwardy. There's no one cutting in and shooting from wide areas who you think might have high volume. There's nothing like that. They're all proper number nine. So Pookie, unfortunately, just ticks every one of my stat boxes. And if I want to to, to back my own model, then I might as well back him at 15 to 2 each way. Uh, it's not exciting, but the each way part is, uh, feels to me like some insurance because it's difficult for me to imagine he's not uh, top four in this. Um, the stats pick does have a more fun option, uh, and that is Billy Sharp at 50 to 1. Bilbo. The obvious drawback here is that he's very old, um, 35 years old <laughs> at the moment. Um, oh, poor 35 and over listening to this. But does he play for a, a club expected to finish in the top six? Yes, he does. Are they a team that will score over 70 goals? I think Blades are kind of, if you if I was to set a line, it would probably be 69.5. So that's kind of TBC. it would definitely be on pens. Plays for the same team rather than being a new signing with a manager that, that's obviously going to love him. Um, and uh, yeah, fitness is the obvious concern. Uh, he missed the end of last season and he hasn't had a full pre-season. Um, I've asked a few people uh, with knowledge of the situation uh, because I love to do a bit of extra research. And I've heard from a good source that he's caught up pretty quick and probably be involved in their opening game, maybe from the bench, and then hopefully we'll um, hit the ground running after that. Uh, take this with a pinch of salt, but I was told by someone he's in the fittest and best shape at this age than he was, or rather a fitter and better shape at this age than he was at 25. So at 50 to 1, I'm happy to have a bit of fun there. And then the vibes pick is Estupinian of Hull City. Um, clearly we are yes. kind of naive. Sorry, Harry, are you, are you um, tipping up a player that you've never seen play, play live before? I play live, was it? Well, I have watched. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely watched more Estupinian so you've clips. Watched, you've watched YouTube videos, have you? No, why scout me? Uh, the, uh, okay, the, yeah. The Thinking Man's YouTube. What else did you watch apart from goals? I watched a lot of good stuff. I've spoken okay. to a lot of people with knowledge of the situation, and by all accounts, Estupinian is someone who gets into good goal scoring areas, scores Estupinian thum- Dulu, I think is his uh, nickname, isn't it? <laughs> scores thumping headers. Um, uh, is uh, is is I would say probably be on pens. He was at his last club. Uh, of course, he needs to adapt. He needs work rate. He needs to settle all of this stuff. He doesn't tick almost any of my stats boxes. Uh, being new to the level and playing for a club that probably won't finish in the top six. Um, but Estupinian, I want to be on at fifty to one just in case Hull have genuinely signed someone who's too good uh, for the level. So there you go. Um, we've been kind of all over the place a little bit as we get to grips with uh, podcasting to start this season again. Um, but that's our anti-post selections. We've got some opening weekend stuff to come as well. George, why don't we just recap our anti-post so people can jot those down if needed before we get into the weekend stuff. Um, what have you mentioned? What's concrete here? So Burnley at 9-1 to one, um, each way in the Championship or the, and then a, a very small little little chancer at Hull at 40-1. to one. Um, As I say, I've had each way double Sheffield Wednesday with uh, with Burnley and with Bradford in League 2. I quite like Mansfield in League 2 as well. And then uh, in League 1 also, I think MK Dons at the prices at the moment at 11-1 to one are, are the most solid apart from Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, relegation, I've backed Reading at 15-8, to eight, Lincoln at 7-2, Rochdale at 4-1 to one, and had a, a Trixie for 3. Trixie's four bets, uh, three doubles and a treble. Uh, everybody stance now. Um, I'm having a, a treble, which is just under 30 to one, of Millwall top six at seven to two, Posh top six at 11 to 10, Crawley top seven at nine to four, and then championship top goal scorer, um, Vyman, uh, probably the most solid, Carlton Morris of interest, and then Ishmael Asar, bit of a wild card, but one I'm quite excited about as well. Okay, and for me, it was well, it was about Borough in the Championship. Um, Fifteen to two, they are for the outright title win. I'm much more interested in the top six value at eleven to ten. That goes in a top six slash seven treble with Peterborough. Um, very similar vibe in League One uh, and the same price. And Mansfield in League Two. Um, all of those at eleven to ten. The treble. With those three in to finish top six in the case of Middlesbrough and Peterborough, top seven for Mansfield uh, is 9.26 with the Betfair uh, Sportsbook. I like Cobblers as well, as you guys know, um, and back them for promotion, uh, currently 3.4 with the Sportsbook. Um, Relegation-wise, it was uh, Blackpool at 4.2, Forest Green at 3.1 and Colchester United at 5-1, to one, all prices 
with the Betfair Sportsbook. Um, Year of the Stance is, I, I just can't get past Stevenage. I can't think about anything other than Steve Evans and his sombrero. Um, so we're going to see how we go on that front. I'm kind of, you know, if people agree with me, that's great. And and there are lots of ways that you can get with a team who are um, a chunky price for, for almost all markets. Um, if people don't agree with me, I certainly understand and uh, I can appreciate that as well. And then in terms of goal scorers, um, it's pookie each way for me. Boring, but hopefully profitable. Uh, it's Billy Sharp at 50 to 1 and Estupinian of Hull also at 50 to 1. And I'm pretty excited about opening weekend, George. It's always been, hasn't it, um, on the betting show, uh, a slate that we get very excited about. And generally, we've, we, we probably do better on opening weekend on average than, let's say, week 24. Yeah, it's normally my basically my favourite week of the season um, because you can, you know, as the season goes on, the the data becomes available about each team and realistically unless you're betting kind of early in the week say tuesday monday monday afternoon tuesday when when the prices come out it's very hard to find any value i would say um because not only are the markets initially much more informed but then as the week goes on they get more informed by the weight of money and, and team needs and the rest of it as well so um it, it becomes more difficult whereas now it's all done on vibes basically. And um, I think there is often teams who are massively overrated by the antipost market and that will be that will play out in, in the market for the opening game of the season. And I like to think that you and I, having spent all these hours um, kind of trying to um, trying to work out what's going on and, and, and looking through all the leagues and the rest of it, um, I hope we are ahead of the market as it stands. So, um, but this season I'm finding it not quite as fun as normal, sadly, oh. um, which is a shame. I mean, I've got three they're going to put up. They're all. Th- I mean, rather than doing our, our kind of nap and next best, should I just go through the three of them, or yeah. are we going to go back and forth? Yeah, let's go back and forth because we've done quite. We've done long chunks of of chatting so far, so let's okay. go back and forth. Yeah, that's fine. So the first one uh, is Barnsley Jorno Bet at Plymouth at just over six to four, thirty-one to twenty. I, I like Plymouth a lot, and and you know I've got. Um, you know, I, I think they're going to be a, a good side yet again. Um, they come into this off the back of some crushing disappointment at the back end of last season, but they've kept their squad together. Um, but I, I do think the market is slightly underestimating Barnsley here. Uh, I know they've lost some players, but they have a manager in Mike Duff that I have no doubt will make them, will set them up very well. You know, he's proven himself at Cheltenham to be a very, very capable tactician. Um, I quite like quite a lot of their business i think nicky cadden's a very good pickup um yes they've lost woodrow and and morris but i think norwood given some finally given some games if he's kept fit um will lead the line well for them and will do what what duff needs a striker to do um so i I think you know it's near enough uh what is it it's 21 to 20 for a plymouth win so basically even money and, and that just seems in my view to be um very very short up against, we know that teams getting relegated from the championship to League One as well are, are gen, generally fair, okay. Um, but for some reason, Barnsley are being perceived at the moment to be also runs, which I, I just don't think I necessarily agree with. So, um, yeah, Barnsley draw no better, just over six to four is my first. I've got quite a lot of enthusiasm for my three this weekend. I'll start with the championship one, and it's recently relegated former. Championship champions Norwich City. Uh, they are heading to Wales to play Cardiff. Um, Cardiff have turned around a lot of their squad this season, uh, this summer, uh, and I would not be surprised if it takes them a while to get up to speed, so to speak. Um, they had a very poor record against top teams last season. Cardiff, when they came up against the cream of the crop of the division, they simply didn't have the the chops they didn't have the talent they didn't have the nous and they lost those games and we expect Norwich to be among that group of teams at the top um, Norwich's friendly against Celtic last weekend probably gives us an idea of their starting 11 here Cruelling goal Max Ahrens um, the left back will be either Sam McCallum or Yanulis. the centre backs Omabamadeli and Grant Hanley um, in midfield McLean and Cantwell uh, and then in front of them Sinani Rashica Sargent and Puki up front these are players, a lot of those names now are low in credit because in the Premier League, Norwich were really bad and so the players come in for a lot of criticism and players like Sargent and players like Rashica 
people think that because they weren't part of a really good team in the Premier League and maybe they struggled individually that they're bad players. Uh, that's almost never the case. And I'm pretty confident that one or both of those will probably end up being a very good player at this level. And so I don't just mark them poorly because of what happened in the Premier League. Um, they've got continuity, Norwich. They really haven't changed too much. And I think that can help them despite the way last season finished. Uh, a whole new team for Cardiff. I think Norwich dictate this game despite being away from home. Uh, and 2.4 is the sort of price that you only really get on opening day for the team that is a short price fav to win the division against a team that's priced up to be a bottom half team. So I'm taking that. Um, what else have you got for me? Uh, I've got next up, um, staying in League One, uh, Fleetwoods are um, away at Port Vale. They're 7-4. to four. This is probably the strongest of the three, I would say. Um yeah, but Vale, since the 1-24s, as we predicted they would do, it was sad to see a Port Vale fan telling us he turned off the pod as soon as he heard that we had Port Vale in 23rd. Um, when if he listened on, he'd have heard us very much say that we were aware that things might change quite quickly. And and things have changed fairly quickly. They've um, they've made five or six signings over the last few days. Um, not that excited about any of them. And Yeah, nor am I really. Specifically not signing the one position where I think they just look desperate. And that's yeah, up front. I agree. But they, I mean, they've certainly got some some depth now in the squad. Um, I know Port Vale fans themselves are, are quite excited about the, the signings. I am excited about Fleetwood signings, and I'm kind of generally excited about Fleetwood uh, as well. And I, I'm just amazed looking at this um, that Port Vale even money to win the game. I, I just can't really work out in my mind how that's possible with, with Fleetwood fourteen to five. You know, as is always the case, I'm happy to take the draw out of it as, as insurance and just back Fleetwood at seven to four. Um, as is often the case at this time of the season, I just think Fleetwood are better than Port Vale and are being pressed up as massive outsiders um, for why I'm not entirely sure. Bristol Rovers, I'll start with. They are 2.3 with the sports book to beat Forest Green at home. Um, I am expecting some atmosphere uh, at the Mem for this game after their incredible promotion. Um, there is no doubting that this set of fans love this team right now. Um, and they've gone for a kind of continuity type approach. Um, not a huge amount of ins or outs. Obviously, there's no Elliot Anderson. Uh, they signed John Marquis, who we both believe is a good upgrade from what they had last season. Um, and I've spoken about Forest Green earlier in the pod. Um, a, a lot of uh, uncertainty for me about how this team is going to look. I don't think we can just assume that they're going to look the same as the team that won last season. And even if they did, the last 14 games of the League Two season, Bristol Rovers took 32 points and Forest Green took only 18 points. 14, a point per game. Bristol Rovers got better, got more rather than Forest Green at the end of last season. So I just don't really see um, uh, anything other than Bristol Rovers being the, the stronger team, the more confident team. And so I quite like the 2.3 the price for them. Um, they're a team that's had no bumps in the road since we last saw them play in May, uh, where they were excellent. A lot of continuity against a team that's had to handle manager departure, three key players departure, tons of new faces, new division etc. Uh, Bristol Rovers 2.3 I'm pretty keen on. Uh, last one from you. Into League 2 and it is your favourite team, Steve Evans and Edge. Yay! Who um, <clears throat> I'm bracking draw no better, 7-4. I agree with everything you've said about them uh, earlier in the show. I think they are <clears throat> being seen as a bottom half side when they are possibly uh, going to be much better than that. They go to Tranmere. Uh, Tranmere again, even money, which just seems mightily short. Sure. Uh, I'm not particularly enamoured with Tranmere's business so far um, this summer. i I don't really, um, I think Mickey Mellon needs to get off to this season pretty well. I think there is a fair bit of faith being lost in him uh, from some sections of the of the Tramir faithful. And I think, you know, these two sides, there's, there's way less between them um, now than, so there's way less between them than the market suggests. This is a classic case where I think if this game happens in a few weeks' time, Tramir would be... Um, you know, heavy odds against, albeit still favourites. So at seven or four, draw no bet. Um, I think Stephen and Joe must back on opening weekend. And to finish us off, back up to League One, Peterborough. Posh Rice. Posh Rice. Uh, hopefully they will rise to the occasion. Uh, as of right now, and you know, this is understanding that we haven't seen a ball kicked yet, but just right now, I'm rating Peterborough as the team that they finished last season as, which was a, a passable championship side under Grant McCann, having not lost anyone crucial and added a couple of, of interesting names for the level. I do rate them pretty high. As of now, I'm rating Cheltenham as a bottom League One side, maybe even a kind of League Two level side because of what I said earlier about transformative, incredible 
talismanic managers leaving the club. Um, Wade Elliott might be magnificent uh, and I'm excited if that is the case but I think it's a, a pretty tough start to have Posh come to town Peterborough beat Hull 3-0 in a friendly last weekend and their team there let me just run through it yeah Bergstrom in goal unknown from Chelsea we don't know much about a back four of Thompson Kent Edwards and Burrows a midfield of Fuchs Taylor uh, and then in front of them Poku Smodix Randall and Clark Harris. Uh, it's not to mention that Adjaboy came off the bench, Jack Marriott came off the bench, Ben Thompson came off the bench, Ricky J. Jones came off the bench. I think it's a really strong looking posh. Uh, I think they can start the season well at Cheltenham. 2.3 is the price. At the treble, which I have backed myself, Norwich. Bristol Rovers and Peterborough is 12.7 with the Betfair at Sportsbook. And just a reminder that with Betfair, if you bet £10 on EFL Ackers this season, you'll get a £2 free bet. So you can find terms and conditions in the description of this podcast and we ask you to check them out before you get involved. But yeah, bet 10, get 2 is the offer this season with the Betfair Sportsbook. Um, If you bet £10 on EFL Ackers this season, you'll get a £2 free bet. There you go. Well done. There's always an amazing feeling when we stop recording this podcast because it means pre-season content is over. Season content. It's a wrap. Can begin. Um, George, massive thank you for joining me on this journey this week. Thank Uh, you. A huge shout out for anyone who has listened to five hours now of George and Ali and not the top 20. Hopefully you feel... Uh, prepped for the season and hopefully we've helped with that hopefully you feel entertained at what you've heard Uh, hopefully you feel excited for the start of the EFL season because that's what we are and we hope that you'll join us throughout uh, whatever it'll be 42 weeks we'll be here at least twice weekly on the Not The Top 20, sponsored by Betfair, starting with the Monday pod. A big old recap of opening weekend. Join us on Monday. We cannot wait, guys. Thanks for listening and go well. 